Welcome back to another episode of Corn Fed Coaching. We are recording live from a black uh, Chevy Tahoe. Uh, unique recording experience to say the least, but one we're not afraid of because uh, we take things head on here at Corn Fed Coaching. Uh, this week on the pod, we have a very cool episode. Uh, we have Dylan DeClerc on, who uh, is the CEO and uh, founder of Opportunity on Deck, which is a youth uh, leadership organization here in Des Moines, uh, and they're spreading out, uh, and he'll tell you more about that on the pod. Uh, you can find more information on them at their website, www.opportunityondeck.org, uh, and we will put that in the post as well so you can uh, get involved because it's a really cool organization. Absolutely. Jack's got some announcements. Yep. We only have nine days. Woo! Ten, eight days, eight days until the soccer, Iowa Soccer Symposium uh, at the Iowa Event Center, downtown Des Moines. Field and classroom sessions all day. Make sure you register at iowasoccer.org. Sponsored by USL Pro Iowa. Uh, headlining presenters include Ian Barker, Adrian Parrish, and Mike Gibbs. So make sure you uh, sign up. So it'll be a good time. Great way to connect uh, and continue your learning as a coach, player, or a spectator of the sport. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, uh, let's get on the road and let's, uh, what do you say, kick off the pod? Kick off the pod. Welcome back to another episode of Corn Fed Coaching. Today in the studio, we have uh, a very fine guest, Dylan DeClerc who is the executive director of Opportunity on Deck. And I will let him tell you all about that and himself. So as we typically do on the podcast, uh, no goofing around. We'll dig right into it. Uh, Dylan, how are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for inviting me out. Absolutely. Thanks for uh, taking time out of your day. I know you're a busy guy uh, growing this organization that you've started. Um, so to start off, uh, why don't you give a little bit of background on yourself and then can kind of dive into uh, what Opportunity on Deck is. Yeah, so I grew up here in, in central Iowa and about eight years ago I decided that I wanted to get involved in a program that would benefit our community and so I decided to start Opportunity on Deck as that organization which would allow kids who wouldn't otherwise have the opportunity to participate in a traditional rec program or club program regardless of the sport. We wanted to give them the opportunity to go out, be in front of positive role models, learn of all those important values that sports teach youth um, and do that without the financial burden on their parents. And so we provide free athletic opportunities for kids year-round um, through a variety of different programs and sports um, that allow them to get out in the community, get active, get involved in, in learning a little bit about sports, but also about life. So I've been working at this the past eight years and we grew it from an organization that started out with just baseball to now we do baseball and soccer and basketball and dance and volleyball and a variety of, of sports and programs year-round um, as a way to, to get kids active uh, and involved. So um, the first year we had 30 kids playing baseball and, and now we have over 880 kids oh, wow. participated just within this last year through all of our different sports programs. So it's, it's grown up quite a bit and uh, it's always been focused here on Central Iowa. So we're excited to see the growth that we've seen within the past couple of years and, and we're going to continue to grow the program awesome yeah that's excellent um what was the what was the main reasoning behind you starting it? is that did you play sports just growing up or and that was something you saw or 
Absolutely, yeah. So I, I had every opportunity that I wanted when I was growing up. My parents got to put me into basketball and soccer and everything that I asked for. And sometimes they put me in gymnastics and things that I didn't ask for. So um, they, they made sure that I got every opportunity to succeed and, and participate on the team. And I got so much out of that that I wanted to make sure that other kids that may have to go home and they have to take care of brothers and sisters or their job is cooking dinner at night while the parents are at work or, you know, they just don't have a consistent, reliable schedule or, or a positive role model to look up to. I wanted to provide that to them and, and sports provided that for me. And so I wanted to provide that to kids who didn't have that opportunity. And so that's why I started the organization was to make sure that everybody had that, that opportunity to succeed, to become a positive role model themselves, as well as a, a positive contributor in our community. Mm. How did you get uh, that initial group together? So what did, what did that kind of look like and what was that process? It was just the, the family uh, family and friends guilt trip. <laughs> asking friends and family Classic. to tell them that, yeah, I'm starting this thing. I, I need to get people out here. I didn't have a big, net, big network. There wasn't podcasts that I could go on. I just had to basically ask friends and family to come out to the park. And uh, so it was a lot of the friends that I played baseball and softball with growing up as well as some friends from school, we just got together and went to the park and started playing baseball. And since then, it's, it's grown and developed. Now we recruit coaches and we recruit volunteers and we train them and we put them through a certain process to make sure that they're prepared to deliver a high-quality program to all of our participants. But um, when it first started out, it was, it was definitely kind of homegrown and, and focused around mm-hmm. just the friends and family. Absolutely. Um, what have kind of been some of the challenges from going from 30 to what, 880? Was yeah, that, is that, yeah, is that correct? Almost, almost 900 this last year. Yeah, so, so talk us through some of the challenges and kind of how it might have restructured a little bit uh, throughout the process. Yeah, so I, I used to do a lot of the coaching myself, and you can imagine when we're in a variety of different locations in a variety of different cities throughout central Iowa, and many of them have practices at the same time. It's kind of hard for me to get to all, all of the locations in coaching. So when it, it's come to scaling, um, one of the big challenges has been finding and, and getting those positive role models that are going to be great coaches for us time after time again and, and getting them to uh, come back and continue to deliver those high-quality programs. So we're always looking for coaches. We're always looking for great volunteers that are going to be positive role models for our youth. Um, our coaching positions are paid positions, so that's a great way that you know people can come out. They can feel like they're making a difference for kids who might not have this opportunity. Otherwise, they can still get paid like they would in a rec program or a club program. Um, and they can make a difference on the community as well. So just getting those other people, because it, I can't physically go to every single practice, I need to rely on those great coaches to coach our sports. Mm. Um, that's been a big big challenge of ours over the past couple of years is just getting great coaches and finding great coaches. And we're always, we're always in need of, of good coaches and good volunteers. Outside of that, it's just figuring out what our next move is. We, we seem to have lots of opportunities here and there. There's people that hear about us. I'm sure there'll be some people through the podcast, and they say, oh, you should bring soccer to this area, or this area is a big level of need. There's lots of kids on the free and reduced lunch program at our school. Would you be willing to bring programs to this area? And we're restricted as an organization, so there's always so many opportunities that we could pursue. It's just finding and picking those right opportunities for us mm-hmm. um, and making sure that we're, we're being smart about where we're growing, where we're expanding, and how we're reaching more and more kids. Mm-hmm. So what are the, some of the locations that you have right now? Yes, yeah, so we, we say central Iowa, but that's basically a 20, 30-mile radius um, around the city. So we're as far north as Ames. We have programs in Ankeny. Out on the west side, we have programs in Windsor Heights and Clive. 
in West Des Moines and Waukee. We do programming in uh, Indianola and Norwalk for, for kids in that area down to the south and then to the uh, east of Des Moines we're looking at um, doing more things within the Newton community. So that's kind of our, our central Iowa region right now where, where we're focusing our efforts. Um, but really it's, it's all over within that bubble where we're looking at providing programs within um, certain pockets of, of need and pockets that aren't currently being served. Those are the two things that we really look for is, is there a level of need and, and what resources are being provided to this community and if there's not some sort of after school program or some, something for kids to do that don't have the funds to maybe pay for some more of those expensive options, then we say, you know, we can maybe step in and fill this gap here. Absolutely. Um, what have been kind of the outcomes that you've seen from some of the different communities? So if you have a story in particular, or I'm, I'm sure you have many, obviously it's yeah. like such a good program, but yeah, what, what are some of the things that you've been able to witness or, or hear, you know, secondhand about that? Yeah, it's, um, the numbers are, are cool, right? Yeah. It's cool to, you know, say we started out with 30 kids the, the first year and We've multiplied that by now by 100, and we've had over 3,000 kids in the program within the past couple of years, and um, providing everything for free for all those kids is, is a challenge and isn't cheap. Um, so that's one thing that's been really cool, uh, and that I'm really proud of is, is the amount of impact that we've had from a, a data perspective or a number perspective, um, but the stories are, are what I, I'm most proud of and, and what keeps me coming back to this work and, and makes me passionate about what difference this makes in the lives of others. And so um, there was a kid that started out our very first year and, you know, we're only eight years old, so we haven't had the chance to see all of our participants grow up. But our very first year, we had a kid come in, was passionate about the program. We talked to them about the importance of those lifelong values and getting in grades and staying away from some of those negative influences that we know can happen in the community. And um, he did all those things. He got good grades. He came back. He reported. He volunteered with our, our programs. He was a good role model for his younger brothers. Um, as, as they were going through the program, they, his younger brothers came through the program as well. Um, and then he graduated high school, got into Iowa State, and um, faced some family challenges at that point. You know, he, he's, he had recently uh, lost his father, so he kind of had to step up and be the man of the household, he had to take a, a job so he could pay not just for his own expenses, but for his family's expenses. Um, and then he was hoping to go to college at the same time, which was tough for him. So we ended up creating a scholarship for him that would allow him to uh, get some extra money to spend at college um, and also reward him for doing those things that right. we talked about. And so we recently got funding this past year for to continue that scholarship program for the next wow. three years. Um, so we'll give the opportunity to other participants that come through the program that live through our, our lifelong values and, and do those things in the community and they become a positive role model themselves, not just through opportunity on deck, but for their family and by working a job or, or supporting their family however they can and also supporting their community. For those kids that we see doing that, um, we're able to provide them now with, with a small college scholarship to help uh, offset some of those costs that they have for whatever post-secondary education. So it could be job training program, it could be a four-year university, it could be going to DMAC for a couple years, whatever that is, we want to we want to support them. And so that's one story that, you know, he, he continues to stay in touch. We've actually hired him as one of those coaches <laughs> in the summer when he comes back. 
Uh, we're looking at bringing him back as an intern. And so that's one great story that, you know, we've had the chance to see him grow up over the years. But just last week, we had a kid that participated with us in basketball and soccer and baseball and all these sports as we continue to add them. Um, and then we kind of lost touch with him through like seventh and eighth grade. And we don't have as many opportunities for kids. Mm. Um, and then he just showed up the other week as a volunteer. And oh, so wow. to see those kids that were once in the program come back and give back to their community, it's it's telling us that they understood what we were talking about um, and that they understand the value of those lifelong values that we reinforced and, and talked to them with at practice. And so um, that's that's always awesome to see. That's amazing. <laughs> that's yeah. super cool stories. Um, so uh, two questions. So one, uh, what are the primary ages that uh, are involved with the programs, uh, uh, that participate in the programs? Obviously, yep. you want you know people of all ages involved, but participate. So participation, uh, it starts at around first grade usually, uh, and we typically go up to sixth grade. We have a few programs for junior high school students, um, and we realize that that's been a weakness of our program is the fact that kids are only here first through sixth grade, and then they may not, they may lose touch, and then they may come back as a volunteer. You can start to come back as a volunteer when you're in high school. So when you're 14 years old about is when you can come back to volunteer. So we have those junior high school years where we lose touch with some of those volunteers, just like it's a great surprise to see them again, but we re would rather stay in front of them. So sure. we started a college visit program for some of those older participants, as well as a junior high soccer program. Um, and we, we just are launching this spring a new leadership development program. Oh. So those kids not only are encouraged to come back as volunteers, but we're going to train them on how to be a good coach, how to be a good leader in their school, at home, in the community, um, and how to, how to take we're going to teach them about leadership and, and then tell them how to take that back and uh, apply it to those different areas so that they're prepared to be a leader um, when they might not otherwise know how to do right. that or have a positive role model or, or have someone that can teach them how to do that. So that's one thing that we're trying to do to, uh, and that's for sixth through ninth graders, okay. so kind of that older range. So we do things primarily for our sporting leagues for first through sixth graders, but we're offering more programs to stay in touch and help develop those junior high school students. And then once you become a high school student, you can come back and start volunteering for the organization. And for our coaches, we kind of look for um, coaches to be in, in the college range or sure. out of college even. So um, that's kind of our, our life cycle journey. We'd like for people to start out as a participant, come back through the uh, leadership development program and stay involved through the college visit program and then come back as a, as a volunteer. So um, we're trying to promote more of that. Yeah, absolutely. Spot for everyone. Sounds exactly. Like. Yeah. <laughs> um, so talk through some of the people that have helped you along the way. I'm sure, obviously, you've you know, started this beast of an organization and, and you know, really started from the ground up. But uh, no one and nothing survives without a little help along the way. Um, so who are some of been the influential people or organizations that have really uh, impacted Opportunity on Deck? Yeah, I, I mentioned it was just me and my friends and family going out to the park. And, and my parents were big advisors for me. And so um, my first three board members were my mom, my dad, uh, <laughs> and then my, my close family friend who was actually my soccer coach and baseball coach growing up. And so um, and his name was Tom. And so... Uh, those three were my first board members, and so for the first few years, they were they were really my support system and helped me do all of the work. And you know, recently it's it's become a little bit harder for them to be lugging around baseball bats and, and soccer balls and mm -hmm. goals and all the stuff that you guys know that you have to set up before practice. And so um, we've gotten a, a staff that can help uh, help them, you know, 
advise the organization and not be so involved in the day-to-day basis. So for that, we brought in um, some staff. We, for the past three years, uh, Amy Tallyrini, uh, who helped make the connection for today, has been a, a great um, great part of our team. She's helped us grow immensely within the past couple of years, and she was actually our, our first paid staff member. So, if it um, wasn't for her, too, I wouldn't have graduated. <laughs> really? Okay. <laughs> I would not have a shout out Amy Tags. <laughs> Getting me through changing those beats. <laughs> well, I don't know if you're going to say that. <laughs> I actually work for, I work for <laughs> So she, she was, yeah, she was a, a great uh, great help, and, and she didn't change our beats to C's, but she certainly, she certainly helped change us from not as, as organized of an organization to, to a really professional organization and, and helped keep us organized, helped grow the program, helped us reach all of our goals throughout the way. And regardless of what that meant for her family life or other life, she's made a lot of great sacrifices for us there. So she's been awesome within the program. And then um, we've added a couple of of recent staff. So we have uh, Anna and Ariel. I I seem to only hire people with the the first letter A. (laughs) But um, we we had a couple of new recent staff that are helping us continue to grow our program. Uh, as Amy does bigger and, and better things and joins the school board and, and does uh, a lot of other stuff. So um, we're, we're continuing to grow the organization and um, we've got now a board of directors of 10 different people that are involved throughout the community and uh, it takes about 300 volunteers to, uh, to make this happen year to year. So I've got a list of their names that I'd like to read off real quick. And Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's, it's taken a lot of people to, to make this possible. So Yeah. Um, so talk about, you kind of mentioned the, the leadership development. Uh, what are some of the next steps that you're looking forward to? Yeah, I, I think it's all about connecting that, that journey and expanding mm-hmm. our program to be not just sports. I think a lot of people think of Opportunity on Deck as this is a sports organization, um, like a rec program. But Really, we, we provide so much more for our youth that we consider ourselves more of a youth development organization, and we just happen to use sports as our channel to get to the kids and to keep them interested and to keep them involved. And so um, we use baseball and we use basketball and we use soccer and dance and all these other opportunities throughout the year just to keep involved with the students and build that relationship with them. But really, our goal is to build that relationship with them provide positive role models for the youth, teach them about teamwork and dedication and healthy living habits and good character and create a sense of community uh, among the youth. So in order to do that, what we do is we provide all of the, the free, um, we provide all the equipment that they would need for free. We provide meals for all the participants every night because a lot of times they come from homes where they may not be getting that. So we just want to provide it for everybody across the board. Um, we're doing college scholarships now for some of our participants. We're taking them on college visits so that they can, in fourth through eighth grade, so that they can get comfortable with just being on a college campus and what that means and start to set those expectations for themselves ahead of time and think of where they're going in the future. We're not necessarily pushing them towards college, but we just want them to have a plan and, and be able to execute that plan after high school. And if they're starting to think about their grades in the junior or senior year of, of high school, it's going to be too late for them. So we want to do those college programs to get them on campus, to get them feeling comfortable. We've got this new leadership program that I talked about for the sixth through ninth graders that is going to help them be a leader within Opportunity on Deck programs as a volunteer and as hopefully an eventual coach. But really we're hoping that it, it improves their, their leadership skills that they can apply to any, any aspect of their life. 
Um, so those are some of the things that we're doing to try to make this not a sports program. Yeah. But, um, well, I guess we're never not going to be a sports <laughs> program, but we're, we're more of a youth development organization. And that's kind of how we see ourselves these days is developing youth. Uh, versus creating the most competitive youth sports teams. We're never going to create, you know, the best superstars. We'd rather connect them to those club systems that can take our, our youth that are taught about good character and healthy living habits and all these other things. And once they get a basic of the sport, we, which is mostly what we focus on, then we can connect them to that next level of play where they can get more competitive. If they determine that soccer is something that I love, great, we've got this awesome club program or rec program that's low cost or that provides scholarships that's going to allow you to stay involved with the sport that you love. What can, um, so you just talked about there and offering scholarships and local clubs and things like that. So that's a great pathway for, um, to get into college through a sport. I mean, that, that helps yeah. with the financial, financial aid and stuff like that. So what are some of the things that local organizations, local clubs could do to kind of help you? Yeah, so we, um, if there's those role models that you're looking at, you know, potentially at that high school level that are interested in, in volunteering for a good cause within the community, we're always looking for those coaches and volunteers, like I mentioned. A lot of times those kids that are in these programs also have tons and tons of equipment and they may not just be involved in soccer, right? They may have played baseball or like I got to play basketball and um, I did all these other flag football and all tackle football and all these other sports and I had all this equipment laying around and I didn't have anywhere for it to go and like if you sell it on eBay or Facebook Marketplace that's a ton of work and so we make it really easy for people if you have lightly used stuff or even new stuff that you've never broken in you can always donate that to Opportunity on Deck and we can give that back to our players so that we can reduce our costs and serve more kids um, and give them lightly used cleats because cleats are terribly expensive these yeah. days. And so that's one thing specifically is the used equipment, lightly used cleats, uh, shin guards, whatever um, they may have. Um, that's something that we like to provide to our participants. And so um, that's one thing that clubs can help us with is uh, doing equipment drives or helping uh, clean out the garage or do some free cleaning and help us uh, get equipment into the hands of our kids. Um, I think there's also just um, the those connections. Those We've started to develop some relationships with some rec programs and some clubs where um, they're saying they're willing to help take a look at some of our participants to determine who might be good at a select program or who might be good within the club system. Um, but we've got quite a few participants. I think we had almost four or 500 kids that played soccer with us this last year and uh, all different rate, ages and, and age ranges between, you know, that first grade and, and eighth grade. And so um, we're looking for lots of different opportunities to keep those kids involved and keep them active if soccer is what they determine that they love and, and they're good at it. And so, um, yeah, those, those clubs that are able to maybe help out with some scholarships or help out by keeping the, the fees low or um, even helping with, like, transportation to practice, that goes a long way to getting our, our kids involved because transportation is a problem. Uh, purchasing uniforms, paying for those fees. Those are those are big problems for a lot of our youth participants. So those are some things that we're looking for um, from the different club systems and, and teams throughout Iowa that um, could help us out. Perfect. So let's transition from the clubs to individuals. So individual wants to get involved. Um, how can they get involved and what could they potentially be doing within the organization? 
Yes, to be one of those volunteers or coaches, you can reach out to us on our website, and, and that's going to be the primary way that you're going to mm. see what's available. Um, we have all of our upcoming programs on our website, typically under the participate page or the volunteer page. You'll be able to see how you can help out with, with our programs and what's coming up. So, for example, if you look in the summer, there'll be a bunch of stuff there about baseball and flag football, and if you're really passionate about soccer, it's probably not going to be a good time for you to reach out, but... Heading into the spring right now, we, we've got a lot of opportunities for people to get involved as a volunteer or as a coach, um, and it's as simple as contacting us on our website or, or simply signing up. Um, for those coaches, we ask that the coaches make a commitment to the whole season. That's important for developing that relationship with the Absolutely. participants and, and the kids on the program, and so um, we've got some dates picked out for uh, this spring, we're primarily practicing on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays. It's not each of those days in every location, but those are the main days that we've kind of built our practice uh, system around. Mm. Um, so if those are good days for you or, or you want to find another day that works, we have some flexibility there and we're looking for coaches that would be willing to come out and volunteer or, or help out as a, as a paid coach as well. So contacting us through the website is, is going to be the best way to do that. Awesome. And then for uh, adults that may know of uh, a kid or children that may need or would love to be involved with it, would also the website be a good resource? Yeah, just go to the website. It's on the Participate tab, and we have an online registration system. So don't worry about getting a waiver. Don't worry about bringing something to practice. You can just fill out everything on there. You'll get a confirmation email that says you're good to go, and, and then you show up to practice the first day. and. Uh, you, you bring what you have. You know, if you have shin guards or you have cleats that fit, you have a water bottle, go ahead and bring it. If you don't, then that, that's all right, too, and we can get the, those kids involved and active by providing those shin guards or providing those cleats or providing a water bottle for them. Awesome. Yeah, I was just going to plug one thing, too, is if uh, high school students want to get involved as well to help volunteer, silver cord hours are available? Absolutely, yeah. So a, a lot of our volunteers are actually self-record, so we get those coaches primarily, like I said, through the college systems or, or they're out of college and they're just interested in giving back to the community as a coach. Uh, but a lot of the volunteers that come to our practices are those, those self-record volunteers. And the nice thing is the coach, we want someone to be reliable and be there every single time, and they're the ones planning practice and leading practice. But a lot of those volunteers have the flexibility to come once or come twice or come only on Tuesdays or come only on Saturdays, depending on what works best for their schedule. So we're really flexible with those volunteer positions because we want as many of those high school students to, to come out as possible. Awesome. Uh, anything else that you'd like to plug, mention? No, I, I think that was it. I think I, I hit all of, all of the notes that uh, <laughs> in reminders that I brought in are... <laughs> I would say our, our soccer season starts right after spring break, so March Perfect. 28th is when we start, and then we've got four different locations. We're practicing on uh, primarily Tuesdays and Thursdays and Saturdays, and it's typically like around six weeks with uh, either one or two practices a week, depending on the location. What are the times you guys practice? Uh, on Saturdays, we practice in the morning, so we uh, practice typically, I think it's like 9.30 to 11, uh, or 9.30 to 11 or 11.30, depending on the range or the age range. Um, and then on Tuesdays and Thursdays, we keep it in the evening so that mm -hmm. people that have full-time jobs can get involved. So typically it's like a 6 to 7.30 or like a 5.30 to 7 uh, time frame. And then we'll, our soccer season will continue all the way up through May 28th. And we've currently got a program scheduled for West Des Moines, Clyde, Waukee, and Ankeny. So. Lovely. 
Um, and we'll definitely put all the information in uh, the social media posts. Mm -hmm. But uh, if you want to look online, it's opportunityondeck.org. .org, yeah. .org. Um, and then there's a uh, uh, email address, uh, communication at opportunityondeck.org. Uh, as well. Is that yeah, so that's, that'll take anything and everything. So if you have a question about getting involved or volunteering or potentially being one of those uh, positive role model head coaches, that email is, is the perfect place to communicate with us. Lovely. Perfect. Uh, well, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah. Um, it's obviously uh, an amazing opportunity for anyone to get involved uh, at any age, and uh, you're doing an amazing thing. So thank you. keep Thanks up so this. Absolutely. Thanks, Thanks so much.